Hey, folks. So this is a special Christmas edition of what it's like to be. I wanted to give a quick warning to parents in case there are any kids in the backseat listening. In this episode, we discuss the existence of Santa Claus. Wink, wink. Larry Jefferson is a professional Santa Claus. And just like the real Santa Claus, he flies all over the place in December, including to the Mall of America in Minnesota. That's the biggest mall in the country. An old Gap store there has been converted into Santa's workshop. Larry has his own private dressing room where he transforms into Santa Larry. I normally yell out, Alexa, play Christmas music. <laughs> and then my Alexa starts playing Christmas music. And I'll start listening to that Christmas music and getting a little bit more jolly. And I start putting on my Santa suit and it takes me less than 30 minutes. Add a little touch of makeup here and there and make sure the beard is combed and the hair is combed and everything is lined up from the hat to the belt to the boot buckles. He'll spend hours talking with kids and posing for pictures. You can probably see his smiling, white bearded face in thousands of Instagram and Facebook posts. Now, is that a grind for you or, or do you enjoy every minute of it? Oh, no, it's not a grind for me because I have my inserts in my boots. <laughs> they they help Santa out. Tricks of the trade. Yes. I tell people to have inserts. And if you have bad knees, make sure you rub some uh, type of ornament on it and march on. I'm Dan Heath, and this is What It's Like to Be. In every episode, we profile someone from a different profession, a mystery novelist, a criminal defense attorney, a couples therapist. Today, we meet Larry Jefferson, or Santa Larry, as he's called, a professional Santa Claus based in Dallas. We'll find out what he learned at Santa school. And yes, Santa school is a real thing. We'll learn what toy kids ask for the most. And the answer is a little disturbing. Also, the time he told a kid to his face he was going to get coal for Christmas. Stay with us. So walk me through a meeting with Santa. A kid walks in, sees Santa. What happens next? Well, it depends on how old the child is. If they're an infant, it's a piece of cake. They walk in. Most time they're sleeping, and we hold them and prop them up and smile and say cheese, take a couple of pictures here and there, and then let the families get involved and take some good pictures. If it's a toddler between ages of, say, 18 months old to about three years old, they're pretty okay, but we just got to be very gingerly uh, with them and talk softly to them. We don't mm-hmm. want to use our outside voices. And we have to let them warm up to us, you know, with the parents' help. Some parents just want to walk up to you and say, here, take my baby. I don't care if it's crying or not. <laughs> and, you know, those pictures, like, oh, my gosh, those are some of those memorable pictures that we want to show little Johnny or or Bobby or Mary Lou as they get older, you know. And then kids are beyond four and on up. They're pretty Hi, Santa, how are you? And we chit-chat for a moment, talk about what they want for Christmas. And then I'll say, now let's look at Miss Rachel or Miss Brandy or whoever the photographer is or Miss Maddie and let's take a picture and smile. And they'll say, okay, one, two, three, say candy. We'll say candy. One, two, three, say cheese. We'll say cheese. 
one, two, three, say snickerdoodle, you know, things to get the children to laugh and smile and get that magical picture for the parents. And so when they come in, I mean, do you do the old Santa thing? Little Johnny, what do you want for Christmas? Every Santa is a little bit different. My game plan is that when children come in, I want them to hear me singing. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride with Johnny in my sleigh. Hey. And the parents say, Johnny, he just said your name. And I sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish Sarah a Merry Christmas. Hi, Sarah. Come on in. Welcome to my workshop. And they're like, oh, my gosh. Hi, Sam. Some kids are so excited. Oh, my gosh. They'll be jumping up and down. Oh, it's hilarious. But it's it's the funnest job ever. What are the most frequent things that kids ask for? iPhones. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Don't say a that. phone. <laughs> I kid you not. Child four years old. I say, what do you want for Christmas? Santa, I want an iPad. Santa, I want an iPhone. <laughs> And I, I want to say, like, do you have a job? You know, you're like five, six, seven, and you want an iPhone? And But some parents give me heads up and say, with the notes they send in, and they'll say, uh, uh, no phones, Santa, until they're 15. And, I was, and then when the child asked me if they can get a phone, I was like, well, I have to talk to your parents, but according to your parents, you shouldn't have a phone until you're 15. Wait, so you actually get like a dossier in advance on the kids? Yes, of course. You know, I've got to be magical. And uh, when they're signing up for appointments, they put in there the children's name, how they're doing, if they're doing good, things about sports, things that they need to work on. You know, and they tell us what the elf on the shelf name is. And I would say to the child, now, according to your elf on the shelf, Jack, Jack says, and these kids' eyes just light up like, oh, my gosh. How'd you know What's Jack? about to come out of his mouth? Yes, yes. Wait, so are you saying that that parents will put you up to like they'll they'll try to work through you on some discipline thing they're working on with their kids? Of course, it's hilarious. <laughs> yes, you know, just here's an example. Just the other night, twelve thirty, my phone rings. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it may be an emergency. I was in deep sleep. I answered the phone. I says, "Hello," and it says, "Is this Santa Larry?" And I said, "Yes, it is." And as my son wants to talk to you because he will not go to sleep. And the man puts his son on the phone. Hi, Santa. I want da 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 And I had to go into my Santa mode and said, okay, great. Uh, just make sure you continue being good and don't be sassing with your daddy or your mommy and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. They call me at 1230 a.m. Wait, how do they have your cell phone number? Well, on my website, it's on my website. Okay. But I got to figure out how to uh, just put an answer machine on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know, Santa. I think you might need an alternate phone number for the public. Oh, absolutely. But uh, you know, I like to be accessible to people. So, what's an example of like something that a parent might say about their kid and kind of prompt you? You know, talk to Johnny about such and such. Uh, being fussy and argumentative with their parent, uh, like one lady said, he's being sassy. I was like, sassy? What is sassy? <laughs> um, and won't listen and make good choices and uh, make sure they clean up their room and do good in school. It's all the things that I normally tell children, because I normally say to the children, uh, make sure you listen to your parents, help around the house, clean up your room, do good in school, do your homework if you have homework, and uh, listen to your parents. And sometimes, I want at a point in time in life, I want you to go up to your mom and dad and say, Mom, is there anything I can do to help? So let's practice that right now. 
and I will have this child. Child says, for real? I say, yeah, I'm going to count to three. And you and I are both going to say, hey, mom, what can I do to help? Uh, one, two, three. Hey, mom, what can I do to help? Oh, that's great. Now let's do it with dad. One, two, three. Hey, dad, what can I do to help? And that just melts these parents' hearts. They're like, oh, I got a lot of things for you to do. Wow. <laughs> I'm starting to get the feeling that these visits are really more ultimately for the parents than the kids. Oh, no, they're for the children. <laughs> they are for the children. They're for, but parents stick their little fingers in that little uh, session, you know, and which is good. You know, that, that's, that's, fa- that's perfectly fine with me. So are there ever kids who seem skeptical about Santa? Like, are any of them kind of testing you or asking about lo- logistics or? Of course. One child wants to know if my beard was real. And before I can say anything, he had pulled it. And I was like, ouch, that hurt. Now, do you realize that my beard is real? Yes, Santa. I says, here, pinch my hand. He'll pinch my hand. I was like, ouch. Now, let me pinch you. No, 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 Santa. And I said, no, you got to come here so I can pinch you and see if you're real. So do kids sometimes ask for toys that you've never heard of? Like, is it hard to keep tabs on what kids want? Uh, You know what? No. If a child says, Santa, I want this and that. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll see what I can do even if I have never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to fake it sometimes. Yes. uh Uh-huh. Oh, really? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll look at the parents and I'll say, I'll see what I can do. Because we never promise kids that we can do anything because uh, we can't. What are the most unusual things you've ever heard a kid ask for? Well, here recently I had a child ask for their parent to come home. And uh, I'm not a psychologist or a counselor. I'm just Santa Claus. And so I, w- I had to say, well, where is your father? And uh, the child says, my dad's in jail. And I said, well, I'll mm. talk to your mother about it. You know what I mean? That was last week. Uh, week before, I had someone say that their parent uh, had died three weeks ago. And I just said, well, oh. you're still going to have a good Christmas. You know, you're still going to have a good Christmas. That was here in Dallas. At the North Pole in Dallas. <laughs> and I said, but you still can have a good Christmas, and I will still bring you presents and make sure that you have a good Christmas, okay? Yes, thank you so much, Santa. I love you. Oh, my gosh, it melts my heart. How do, how do you handle that? I mean, that is that is so raw to hear something like that from a kid. You know, um, I'm a retired Army captain. You know, uh, my last five years, I was working as a in the chaplain corps with chaplain assistants and things of that nature. Mm. Uh, and I'm a faith believer, so I just use my my spiritual core, as I call it, to to help guide me on things to say to children when it comes to that nature. Because you you want them to be hopeful and optimistic, but you also know you're not going to be able to give them what they're asking for. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know. Um, And once before, I had a child come up to me to tell me that their daddy was unemployed and he needed a job. And they may not Mm. have a Christmas. Well, guess what I was doing at that time? I was working for the Employment Commission, (laughs) the employment office where we get jobs and meet with employers and uh, jobs. So I talked to the mother and says, hey, listen, call this number right here. It can help you if you're looking for work. And we can also help uh, your husband find work as well. And she said, how did you know that? I said, your children told me that. Wow. And so she was like emotional. And uh, I was like, well, you know, sometimes they get emotional. I'll get emotional. My photographer get emotional. (laughs) We're all in the room crying. I was like, okay. 
Have you ever had a moment with a kid where you just were at a loss of what to say? Uh, you know, I would probably say yes, especially when children wants to start questioning as to who I am. Mm. You know, like one child said, Santa, I thought Santa Claus was white, but you're brown. I says, well, I'm very magical. I can be white. I can be brown. I can be Hispanic. I can be Asian. Santa's very multicultural. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I have to think, you have to think fast on your feet when you're talking to these children. You know what I mean? So I, I just want to say for our listeners, it might not be readily apparent that you are black. How do you think that has affected your experience as Santa? Well, you know, I've been black all my life. <laughs> so, oh, oh, oh. And, you know, I'm multicultural. I'm part Choctaw, part uh, Caucasian. So, you know, I'm just a human being who wants to uh, help spread joy, hope, happiness, and love to uh, all mankind. But uh, children... And very seldomly will come and approach me on things of that nature. But most time, children just see what? Santa Claus, a Santa in a red and white suit with the white beard. How do black kids react when they see you? Oh, my gosh. Some of the African-American children, when they see me, they just jump up and down. And one child says, Mama, Santa Claus looks like me. He looks like you too, Mama. Look, <laughs> I can hear these these conversations right in front of me as if I'm not there. You know, uh, it was hilarious. But it's a good thing because all children need to see a Santa Claus that looks like them. That must make you feel good to hear those reactions. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I will never forget when I started out being Santa Claus in 1999 for my brother's three boys, Chris, Cammy, and Kobe. Uh, and I showed up at their house on December 15th. I'll never forget it, in 1999. But my brother forgot I was coming. I purchased a Santa suit from Walmart for $29.99. And I called him and said I was coming over to the house on this date. Mark it on your calendar. My brother Charles forgot. I show up at their house. The kids open the door. Santa Claus is standing right there with a, uh, I had a green pillowcase as my sack, as my Christmas bag. Uh, and I was just doing something just to have fun. And they, they are screaming and yelling. And my sister-in-law says, boys, what is going on? They, this is mom at Santa Claus is at the door. She said, well, let him in. Let him in. <laughs> so they, I was only there for 15 minutes passing off a couple of toys, some candy, uh, and some money and telling them I'll be back. After I left, my sister-in-law called me. I was like, Larry, that was so good. I said, what was good about it? She said, I asked the boys if they knew it was. They kept saying, yes, mommy, it was Santa Claus. It was Santa Claus. It was Santa Claus. And he's coming back to bring us more. And I was like, well, if I can fool Chris, Cammy, and Kobe, I can do this for other people. And I just started doing it for the stew pot, for some homeless shelters, for my reserve unit and soldiers. So how did you make the transition from being, you know, an amateur Santa doing it for family and friends to being a professional Santa? Well, I was still in the reserves and I was I had just finished up with my tour in Afghanistan, Kuwait and all those other places. And I was like, what am I going to do when I get out of here? I'm going to go back to my government job. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to grow my beard and become a full-time Santa. So I told Mrs. Claus, she was like, what? You're going to grow your beard? I was like, yes. I love that her beard, your beard was the focus of that comment. <laughs> you I just know, told yeah. her you want to become a professional Santa. And she's like, yeah. but the beard, I don't know. Yeah, she didn't like the beard. And so I grew my beard and I started uh preparing to be a full-time Santa Claus. And I went to a Santa Claus convention. I went First, I went to a Santa Claus workshop, a school. 
that uh, my friend Gordon Bailey was hosting. Wait, there's a Santa school? Yeah, we have Santa schools and workshops. Yes. Wait till you hear what about you... the Santa convention. Go oh, ahead. do tell. Yeah. So I did the workshop in school and they told me all about Santa Claus and the history of Santa Claus. And they told me about how to go out and present myself and try to uh, get contracts. So we talk about contracts, insurance, background, and all this whole uh, arrangement of things that as an entertainer, because you're entertaining people, need to know. What about the kind of performance side of things? Like, are you workshopping and role playing in the school? Yes. Uh huh. We'll sing some jingles and then uh, we'll ask a couple of questions and let people be a child and you're and then the other person, Santa Claus. So you're going to tell Santa Claus what you want for Christmas. And then Santa, you have to respond. And we do different role plays of that nature to help people to get to relax into being that character. And uh, we do balloons, blow up and designs and ties. What else do we do? We talk about bleaching and dyeing our hair so that your beard is white and your hair is white. Do you bleach your beard? Yes, I do bleach my beard. Because if you're going to be in the game, you got to be all in. Hey, everybody, it's Dan here with a quick personal interjection. So a couple months ago when the show launched, I really didn't know what to expect with all this. I remember I'd had some conversations with people who asked me what the value proposition for the show was going to be. And I have to admit, I didn't have a very good answer. I mean, it's a show at its core about curiosity, just basic unfounded curiosity about people and the work that they do. And then when it launched, something happened that kind of blew my mind. A lot of you came to listen and you sent me notes. I got a note one time from Ian in England who said he'd listen to my conversation with the stadium beer vendor while walking his dog, Lulu. So thanks, Ian. And thanks to the thousands of you who came and joined part of this, this tribe of curiosity. I so appreciate your time and your investment in this project. And I welcome your thoughts anytime. You can get me directly at dan at whatitslike.com. Merry Christmas, everybody, and back to the show. So what was your first paid engagement as Santa? Oh, Mall of America. Uh, when I signed the contract with Mall of America in 2016, they hired me only for four days. But prior to that, I was still getting paid as Santa Claus with my nylon beard and hair. Because, you know, I was still wearing my little cheap Santa suits. I'd get a suit from Party Cities, put it on, and people would call me just for fun and kicks. They wanted Santa Claus to be at their events or their house party. And they would call and say, Larry, can you be Santa Claus? And I said, absolutely, you know. And, uh, and my friends would pay me or donate money to me or whatever. And then um, at the Santa Claus convention, it was called Discovery of Santa in July of 2016. It's where I met Santa Sid Fletcher, and he was uh, one of Mall of America Santas. Uh, he came up to me while I was there, and he was like, hey, look, I've been observing you and watching you carry yourself pretty good. And uh, we're trying to uh, hire additional Santas. Call this number right here and speak with them. And I said to Santa Sid, I'll never forget, I said, well, if I call that number, they're going to hire me. He was like, you think so? I said, yeah, I'm an actor. He say, okay, whatever. <laughs> Call Wait, so Mall that. of America was like one of your first paid gigs? Uh, my first paid professional gigs with the real beard. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've been there ever since. I've been there since 2016. I know listeners are going to be curious, like what does a professional Santa get paid? Is it by the hour? Is it by the job? Like how does it work? Well, most of the time they get paid in cookies and candy canes. <laughs> That's Very all in I'm going to say. That's all uh, I'm going to say. All right. All right. L lips are zipped. However, it's a business. 
And uh, we do get paid for being Santa Claus. Uh, most Santas do. And there's a lot of Santas who just donate their time. But it is a business. When you get together with other Santas, what do you talk about? Like, what, is, what does Santa shop talk look like? Oh, uh, we talk about cars, uh, who's got the latest sleigh, you know, because I, 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 I will fly to Michigan, get my rental truck and load up several sleighs and bring them back to Texas, refurbish them and uh, sell them and or give them away to uh, various Santas. So we talk about that. Wait, I we, can't tell if you're serious or not. Yeah, I'm being serious. You, what do you mean? You, you fix up sleighs? Yes. You, oh my gosh. You know, you can travel to places that have to various states like Michigan has a lot of sleighs. Pennsylvania has a lot of sleighs. So I've uh, painted, um, oh my gosh, probably 15 or 20 of them. And I've sold them over here uh, to uh, my uh, decorated stores my who need sleighs. They always say, hey, do you have any sleighs, Santa Larry? I said, I sure do. I'll have some in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I've got one in my yard right now. It's a gigantic sleigh that was built a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they just delivered it to my front yard Sunday night. I'm just awestruck that, like, when Santas are together, they actually talk about something uh, that we might hope they talk about, like sleighs and not like, oh, yeah. you know, insurance. Oh, oh, absolutely. But we talk about everything Christmassy. Who made your Santa suit? Who did this for you? Who helps you to sing? Do you have a vocal coach? How do people find out about you? Uh, well, you know what? When I became Santa Claus at Mall of America in Minnesota in December 2016, I only had a contract for four days. It was not controversial, but it was the fact that people had never seen an African-American Santa Claus that looked like me or an African-American Santa Claus per se. And there were some haters uh, who were sitting behind their computer or laptop saying, you know what, blah, blah, blah about Santa Claus. We don't need a black Santa Claus. We don't need this or that. But those people weren't the people who were coming out to see me. The people who were coming out to see me were people who wanted their child to see Santa Claus. And I had more love than I did hate that was coming out during that time period. But uh, people find me on internet. They can Google Santa Larry. And some people have typed in African-American Santa Claus. But most of them know me by Santa Larry and all my information pops up. It's obvious you love Christmas. Is that something that's rooted in childhood memories? Oh, but of course. Uh, I come from a large family of 11 children. I'm number nine. And uh, we always had fantastic Christmas memories. We're sort of like poor, but I didn't know we were poor because we always had food. We always had clothing. You know what I mean? Even though my mother put like five patches on my pants one time, I you know, there were still iron and I went to school with them patches on my pants. <laughs> you know, but Thanksgiving is over. First thing we do while Thanksgiving dinner is uh is over and people are cleaning up the kitchen, we children would go in and pull out the Christmas tree and start putting the Christmas tree up and start wrapping the lights around the Christmas tree and tossing that silver those silver icicles all over that little country Christmas tree. And uh, I will never forget my father came home and he was down on his back. Uh, I was 11 years old and uh, he signaled for my mom to come out and, and I. And he said to her, he says, go get Larry. I, I can't walk. You know, I'm down on my back, et cetera. He was a uh, World War II veteran and a Korean veteran. Mm. And so uh, I come out the house, see what he needed. And uh, he says, I got to tell you something. I says, what's that, Dad? He says, I'm Santa Claus and your mama's Mrs. Claus. And I was like, what? And he said, yep, it's time for you to know. You're 11 years old and I need for you to do something. I said, what's that? He said, I need for you to be Santa Claus. 
And I started laughing at, as a, I was a giggle box. And I started laughing at my dad. And my mother said, Larry, he's being serious. And I said, okay, okay, okay. Uh, what do I need to do? And they says, when all these kids go to sleep tonight, you're going to come in and you're going to get these toys off this back of this pickup truck and this camper. And you're going to get them toys out that barn and you're going to put them up under the Christmas tree. And I was like, okay. And you can't tell nobody. I said, okay. So all everybody gone to sleep. And my mother wakes me up and, and I sneak out and start bringing all these presents, putting them up under the tree. And my brother's bike and my other brother's car that had wheels, you would pedal it. You can sit in it and you can pedal it. It was a little gold car. I'll never forget it. And it was just different things. And my sister's easy bake oven. And I was putting all these presents up on the tree. And after I got through doing that, my mother says, she says, Larry, you're going to make a great Santa Claus one day. So my sweet mother spoke those good words over me. And I thought that was... I thought that I'll get emotional thinking about it because. Sorry about that. I get emotional thinking about it because she loved Christmas and uh, they made sure that we had everything that we needed as growing up as children. Um, That's a beautiful story that. Um, yeah. You had no idea that 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 was maybe opening a door for something you'd rediscover in your future. And that's so true. Um, so in 99, after I did my brother's house, a couple of days later, I drive home to Arkansas and I surprised my mother at Santa Claus. And she was laughing up her storm. And she said, you're the first Santa Claus I ever saw. Sit down over here at Santa Claus. And uh, my niece had the camera. We were taking pictures. And I said to my mother, so my mom is sitting on my lap. I said, my dear, do you realize that it's me, Larry? She says, yes, it's you. But right now you're Santa Claus and I need a picture with Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that was just some of the joys and fun I've had uh, being Santa Claus. So, Larry, we always end our episodes with a quick lightning round of questions so here goes, what's a word or phrase that only someone from your profession would be likely to know, and what does it mean? Ho, ho, ho. And it means ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that people outside the profession may be familiar with that one. There, there's no, like, backstage lingo that one Santa says to another? No, no. What's a tool specific to your profession that you really like using? Uh, singing. Hmm. I, I love singing. Uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I use that when the kids are coming in to the to see me. I use different songs and and they just smile and it's like, oh wow, Santa Claus. That's so good. What's a phrase or sentence that would strike fear in the heart of a professional Santa? Mm. Uh, I'm going to give you coal because Santa Claus doesn't like giving coal to children. Now, have you ever had to say that to a, to a child? Uh, yes, to a child. Oh. Yes, to a child that was uh, completely out of control and was running around saying, you're not real, you're not real. And the moment I says, you know what? And the parents had already said, if you keep saying that, Santa's going to give you coal for Christmas and not bring you anything. That was my cue. So I said, you know what? You're going to get coal. And at this moment, I'm taking off the nice list. You're on the naughty list and you may not get anything. From that moment, that child was nice as he could be. Oh, wow. So it worked. Yeah. But, you know, I'm always cueing and keying on things that parents say. 
And I will never forget that. He was just like, oh, man, he piped down and came in and apologized. But it's all it's all good. Santa Larry, thank you so much for for being with us. This has been super fun. Is there anything you want to say to the people listening? Yes. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Enjoy Christmas holidays. It's for family, faith, love, joy, happiness. Remember, Christmas is once a year, but you can carry it in your heart throughout the year like I do. Larry Jefferson is a professional Santa Claus based in Dallas. It was so fun talking to Santa Larry. It struck me afterwards that his story teaches us something about the nature of expertise Like anybody can put on a Santa suit and say ho, ho, ho and provide a pretty good experience. Maybe some of you listening have been Santa before. So what is it that distinguishes a pro like Larry from an amateur? And I think it basically boils down to two things. First, you get better at managing exceptions, the difficult cases, the kid who pulls your beard, the kid who asks you to bring his dad home from jail. You can't possibly get those things right the first time out, but after years of practice, you get quicker. You get more responsive to what that child needs in that moment. And on the other side of the equation, you also get better at finding ways to heighten the joy for everyone. So it's not just, what do you want for Christmas, Johnny? It's starting to sing carols to kids when they walk in and working their names into the lyrics. And you figure out that when you're taking pictures with little ones, snickerdoodle is the optimal word to coax a smile from them. That's professionalism. Managing exceptions with grace and pushing to higher and higher levels of performance. And folks, that's what it's like to be a professional Santa. I'm Dan Heath. This episode was produced by Matt Purdy. If you want to fill our stockings... Will you leave us a review? To all of you listening, happy holidays, and you won't believe the lineup we've got for you in the new year. Take care. Take care.